everybody. It's your boy, Tommy D. It's Friday morning. It is 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So what does that mean? It is philanthropy and focus time. Every single Friday morning, I come to you from my attic. There goes the theme song in the background. I come from you every Friday morning from my attic, from the top of my house, right by the roof. That's where the attic is, and that's where I've been for uh, uh, 358 days, and I love it up here, and I'm, I don't know if I'll ever, I'll ever leave. It's my opinion that nonprofits, unfortunately, go unrecognized, underfunded, overlooked, and my answer to that, my solution to that is philanthropy and focus. So every week, I bring on an executive leader of a nonprofit organization to tell the story. How is their organization making the impact? How is their organization handling the needs and providing the services that their constituents really require. And that's what we talk about. So my, my guest today is, uh, I'm going to introduce to you in a second, but my guest is the programs director with Nonprofit New York, which is an incredible organization we're going to spend time learning about today. But each week, what do we do? We learn about the history of the organization, the genesis of their organization. Why are they in existence? What are the programs that they're providing and how are they making an impact? And today we have you know, it's awesome to have Terry in here today because Nonprofit New York is a bit of a different nonprofit. They're making an impact for other nonprofits. So if we talk about the Tommy D ripple effect, the butterfly effect, right? What is the ripple effect of an organization that has 1,700 plus nonprofits that they're advocating on behalf of, they're educating, and they're helping network? So without further ado, Taina, I like to say this every Friday morning, and we'll start with this. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. It's been a long time coming. It has been a long time coming because I've been talking about this show for about two and a half years before I ever even started it. So yeah, it was one of those things where I said like, all right, big guy, you've been talking about this, go out there and do it. So I had the microphone, I had the whole setup. And then when they locked me in the attic, I figured let's just do it, man. And now, <laughs> now we're having fun. So I told my guest last week, uh, my friend Dee Rodriguez from Hey There Beautiful, I was telling her, you know, it, it, I didn't even realize it until I was about to start the show with her last week that out of the seven shows I've done, there's been six women on the show and one man and upside from me, one, one male guest. And now the score is seven to one. And, and when Renee Flagler comes to you next week from girls, Inc., the, the, the score just keeps increasing in one direction. So I'm going to read a little bit of background that I found on, you know, I want to then just like jump into this conversation. I want to learn about you, your commitment to the sector um, what you do at, at Nonprofit New York, and, and then really the impact that, that the organization is making. So two years as a development assistant at the Children's Museum of Manhattan, then five years in development and membership coordination and database management at the Brooklyn Historical Society, mm-hmm. right? Two years at Free Arts NYC as a database specialist, mm-hmm. and then for the last three and a half years with Nonprofit New York, first when we originally met as a, as a membership manager, later promoted to membership director. And just last month, January of 21, you took on this role as programs director, right? Yes. So some people are always drawn to what they, what they do for their career. And I find that what I think separates nonprofit professionals from other professionals is there's always been something drawing them to the sector and pulling Mm -hmm. them to the sector. Because as you and I know, this is not the sector that people go to, to, uh, to get super wealthy. It's just, it's just the truth of it. It maybe it isn't right. (laughs) Hold on. Maybe you're waiting. Maybe you'll wait for it. Wait for it. It's on its way. But you know, it, it, unfortunately it's that way. You know, that's a whole nother conversation we'll have on a different day on the podcast, but what drew you personally to service to being involved with the nonprofit sector? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, It started with a dream. Um, uh, So I think so just to start off with, so I am a, I am a immigrant from Haiti, came to America when I was two years old. Um, and so, you know, I put a bit more stock in this than probably most people would, but my mother, when, um, she tells the story of how I was born, um, she always starts it off with, you know, she had a dream about who I would become before she ever even met me. Um, and right, and and she saw me helping other people. Now, you know, she took that to mean that I was going to become a doctor. Um, which, sorry, mom, that didn't pan out. Um, but I think you know, growing up, 
with that kind of um, destiny given to you um, and that kind of fate put in, you know, your, your head. Um, I've always been drawn to helping other people. Um, I've, I've always wanted to give back in some way. Um, and again, and as an, you know, and as an immigrant to this country, you know, like I struggle with the need to be quote unquote successful, um, right. And to become a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. So I actually ended up going to, um, um, New York university Stern school of business for undergrad, right. Because I was like, that's my trajectory. That's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go into business. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to become a lawyer. Um, halfway through <laughs> business school, um, I realized that I just, it wasn't for me. I couldn't, I couldn't do the competitiveness um, of that world. Um, something felt like it was missing. And so, you know, I asked my professors, um, I actually, I ended up taking a lot of um, nonprofit related courses. And one in particular um, was um, the instructor was uh, Wayne Ho, right? Um, who is a phenomenal nonprofit professional himself. And he, you know, he kind of steered me and guided me and made me realize that I could take all of the things that I was learning um, in that setting and take it to the nonprofit sector, right? Um, so for the last two years of, um, of school, I just, I was like, so what do I want to do? What do I want to do? How am I going to, how am I going to, dip my toe into this world that I don't really know much about. Um, so when I graduated, I only applied for nonprofit jobs. Um, and I said to myself, if I go into development or into finance, those will help me bring my skills over. Um, and I can do the thing that my heart tells me to do and still um, be faithful to my schooling um, and to the things that I saw for myself, right, um, growing up. And so that's really how I got into the nonprofit sector, started my first job at um, the Children's Museum of Manhattan, spent two wonderful years there, got to know what the nonprofit sector was like, met some incredible philanthropists um, through their board. Um, it was, it was eye-opening, because I think that's when I realized that, you know, a 501c3 is just, you know, a tax, um, a tax bracket, right? It's still a business. You're still hustling. You're still making sure that people know who you are and your brand. You're still trying to figure out what's the best way to get your product and your services out there to the most amount of people. Um, and you're still looking for funding, right? You're still looking for people to invest. Um, nonprofit professional professionals are just asking people to, you know, invest in, in giving back, right? To invest in a social cause, um, to see the, to invest in a mission as opposed to a particular product or a particular service. Um, and I think that's really the only thing that separates the nonprofit sector from the for-profit. You know, that, that, that last piece, I couldn't agree with you more on because it's, I think it's a, I think it's a miscue of, of the sector that because it's called nonprofit, you know, there becomes this whole mindset and mentality. And while I'm not going to claim that I understand the sector completely, my experience in the sector is that, that limiting belief, whereas an entrepreneur on the for-profit side wouldn't think in the same way. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of leaders in nonprofit do think like business owners. Sure they do. But Absolutely. I think there's this perception, unfortunately, that the sector is a certain way. It's, you know, hat in hand, it's a charity and things right. like that, right? You know, your points there about marketing and finance and investing and the words you use just to describe your experience in the sector is is incredible. And, you know, it's funny, I'd never asked you that when, we, when we've been at events together or whatever. So I didn't know that whole story. So I'm, I'm excited that I was learning that right alongside our listeners today to, to just understand that that was what drew you. So what a great, what a great story that, 
you have, you know, you go to NYU, you think you're going to get, you know, be the business <laughs> oh woman, the, the titan yes. of industry, right? But, but what, I mean, look, when you're an executive director of an organization one day, right, which is, I imagine, probably where you want to be, right? What you, again, when you are, you've now brought with you, aside from all your experience in your other roles, you have this background in right. uh, in, in schooling that, that takes you to look at it. What was the gentleman you mentioned? Wayne Liu? Wayne Ho. Wayne Ho. Yes. He's a professor um, at NYU. Well, he was back when I went, but mm-hmm. that was like a generation ago now, or so it feels anyway. Mm-hmm. He's the president um, and CEO um, of the, hold on, let me, of the Chinese American Planning Council here in New York City. He's a phenomenal, he was a phenomenal professor. He's a phenomenal um, nonprofit um, professional he's he's a cool guy that's you know it's all about our relationships you know that you know we're friends so you know that about me it's all about the connection so absolutely it's so important to to have those relationships with with mentors and and leaders and people you can learn from because it, without that there's nothing else it's all about absolutely. how do we help each other and impact each other so let's get into a, a minute or two if we could about the the background of nonprofit new york and even if you want to say how did you end up how did you yes. get there Yes. So, um, you know, again, got into the development world and development can mean all kinds of things. And I find myself and I found myself being drawn to membership and being drawn to, you know, um, connecting with people um, and getting folks from point A, you know, coming with a with an issue or a problem and getting them to a resolution to a solution. And so for, you know, 10 years I did, that's the work that I did, right? Um, So when I heard about Nonprofit New York back in the day, it was called, you know, um, NPCC, Nonprofit Coordinating Committee of New York, um, and saw that their membership model was um, other nonprofits, I thought, well, this is perfect because I don't know which not, you know, like I went from a children's museum to a historical society to a um, organization that mentored um, youth um, through arts. And I said to myself, what exactly do I wanna do? And so when I saw Nonprofit New York, it it allowed me to um, connect with all nonprofits um, and still do the things that I knew how to do and that I love to do. And so I applied and they liked me back. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, and here we are. All right. So you, so it's like, what is that? You swiped right. They liked you. You liked yes. them. It was like, a, it was a fit. It's a match. It's a match. Even baby. before what I was doing. Yes. <laughs> all right. We're going to do this. We're, I want to hear all about, you know, the, the beginnings of when you got there yes. and where we go now. We'll dive into programs. We're going to do all that fun stuff. We're going to go to a quick break. It's Tommy D coming at you from the attic, the nonprofit sector connector here with Taina Sanin, programs director of nonprofit New York. New York is in the house. We'll be back in two minutes, everybody. See you soon. Thanks, Taina. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Daba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. 
after innings, I discussed the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Tommy in his attic. <laughs> that is funny. Every time I hear that song, it makes I me love it. I got my kids walking around the house singing that song. <laughs> Tommy in his attic. That should be the new thing. Like everybody who's a guest on the show has to sing the song. <laughs> I love it. It's gonna come on it. at least once more, so maybe we'll sing it. All right. Yes. So so mom has this dream that that this this baby will will be serving the community will be serving the world yeah. will be helping other people and that takes you on this journey into nonprofits and i i can't tell you how much i admire that because people who know me know i'm i'm very passionate about this sector um and the work that it takes and the service work that it takes by individuals like yourself and all the people that you serve and ripple and ripple and ripple uh, i'm just so jazzed and appreciative of, of that type of stuff so thank so you. thank you yeah thank you thank you very much for doing what you do so let's talk about this i, I want to tell you what i'm yeah. reading, reading right off of nonprofitnewyork.org 1700 members served in mm-hmm. fiscal year 2019 50 trainings offered each year 180 plus resources tools templates and reports in the knowledge center 2.5 million in annual tax exemptions preserved by advocacy work on behalf of the sector and $3 million in combined annual savings by group buying program participants that are offered to members of nonprofit New York. So you said, wow, I like them. They like me. There's something here, right? Yes. Let's tell me what, what is, what is nonprofit New York? Yeah. So <laughs> you are hitting my sweet spot. Um, so nonprofit New York, right? Our, um, our belief is that um, we strengthen and unite the nonprofit sector, right? And when the nonprofit sector um, comes together, we're stronger for it. Um, and so I want to say in the last, since we put that up on the website, we need to update that. We've actually in the last year and a half, two years, um, have managed to serve 42,000 nonprofits. Over the last two um, in the, hold on a second, time out, time out, mm-hmm. flag on the play. The last two years, you've been able to serve forty-two thousand. So in the so we so we serve every nonprofit, right? So all forty-two thousand. But in the last two years, clarification: we've managed to increase that to four thousand nonprofits okay. annually, right? Okay. And so we, I, I say I, we um, really our advocacy and policy arm um, really really ramped up. Um, in the last year and a half, we um, launched our, we, launched is not a good word, we let it be known um, what it is that we felt the nonprofit sector deserved um, and what our responsibilities were through our um, nonprofit declaration of rights. Um, and since then, we've created this amazing, several amazing policy platforms um, that have really advocated for the sector um, and made sure that uh, people in government, both uh, state and local, um, understand what is at stake for the for you know the sector for the city and what what we do and what we bring to the table. Right, nonprofit New York has been around for over thirty five years. Um, we've always 
always had that stance, right? Um, that we are powerful um, and that healthy nonprofits are better equipped to focus on their mission and services, right? And so out of that belief, you know, Nonprofit New York um, was born. Back then it was called NPCC, Nonprofit Coordinating Committee of New York. Um, and we slowly built from, you know, advocating um, and looking at regulations and making sure that we were being treated fairly to getting feedback from the folks who we were serving. Um, and, and people were asking for trainings, people were asking for resources and tools. And so in the 35 years since we started, we've built up an incredible um, kind of repository for all of those resources um, that we call the Knowledge Center. Um, we've managed to um, increase our resources by over 17,000 um, 17, resources, right? So those are tools, those are articles, those are templates. Um, we, we don't want anyone starting from scratch when there are best practices um, available. And then there are things that like, you know, you don't have to create your policies from the ground up. Mm -hmm. We can help you do that. Um, and so that's really our belief. We are guided by our key areas um, of nonprofit excellence. Um, we have nine key areas, and we believe that if you are strong in each of those nine areas, then your management um, is based on a solid foundation, and you can focus on your mission, right? Um, and so that's what we do in a nutshell. Um, we've managed to, in the last year, help nonprofits save um, about $2.5 million in back-end office needs. So things like, you know, liability insurance, things like um, health insurance, things like retirement plans, um, staples, desks, paper, um, you know, access to financial financial management consultants to help you with your bookkeeping or filing your 990s. All of the things that keep an organization in compliance, um, we offer either a resource for it or we offer a connection to um, a phenomenal consultant or vendor who can help. So thank, thank you for that. Yeah, tell me. What, around, I've been to the Excellence Awards, which is mm -hmm. incredible. Mm -hmm. I, I've never been on the campus of, um, oh my God, Columbia. And, uh, and, and when I was, I was like, how did I, I feel like I, this is New York City. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden, I, I got off the train and I was in Connecticut all of a sudden, you know, it was, it was uh, unusual, but I was on the campus for the Excellence Awards two years ago. Um, and it's an incredible program that, that, that the team puts together. When, when you talk about programming and you talk about all these resources and you talk about, we, you know, the 42,000, what I would call prospective members or prospective yeah. recipients of these services. What what's the bigger challenge? Is it getting out there and getting access to these people? Is it is it funding? Like what 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 sort of yeah what, what sort of I holds think, it up a little bit? Yeah, I think we you know it's it's all of the above, right? Yes, and yeah. um, as as we get out there and as we bring on more members, as we bring on more participants, as we bring on more partners, um, the need increases, which means our ability to serve and our ability to provide for those needs, all right, those also go up. Um, and yeah, and that, that means we need more funding. We need right. more investment in our mission, right? Um, and so that's always, that's always at the back of our head. Like, no, I, I would love to meet a nonprofit who isn't constantly fundraising right. in one way or another, right? If you have, if you know someone, please, Please tell them to write a book, right? Um, to create a podcast, because I would love to learn that. Um, but I think for us, um, what really drives us is um, the hope that the nonprofit sector will be seen um, for what it really is as an economic driver, um, as a you know a a large um, jobs maker creator, um, what keeps the city up and running, right? Um, and, and it's never been more clear than it has been during this pandemic, 
right? And how the nonprofit sector really just, you know, went into full force. A lot of the folks who weren't able to work from home were, you know, frontline workers, people on the ground from 501c3s, from mm -hmm. nonprofits, right? From hospitals. I, and we need to be recognized for that. And we need to be given the respect that we deserve for that. And I think we're getting there. Um, and I think one of our kind of like touchstones at Nonprofit New York is to make sure that everyone sees that um, and recognizes that and respects that, right? Um, it's always in the back of our minds when we're doing our advocacy work. It's always in the back of our minds when we're thinking about, you know, what kind of trainings we're offering, um, what kind of resources we're giving, who we partner with to provide services. We are very clear with our partners that nonprofits have to be near and dear to their hearts in order to partner with us if they're not a nonprofit themselves, right? Um, it, it's one of our core requirements for our partners is, do you service the sector, right? What is, what is the percentage of your work that goes towards um, the nonprofit sector? Um, and that's really important to us. Yeah. For sure. I, I, well, I think it needs to be because there has to be that same messaging that these are people. Exactly. Who, right. No, and not, not, not that people necessarily would exploit the sector, but you want to make sure that they're, they're thinking in the best interest of the sector. I, right. I look, before we, uh, before we started the program, I looked in, I think we came up with uh, $7.7 .7 billion, I think is in, in payroll dollars yes. right? and, and 660 some odd thousand jobs. And this is the city of New York, ladies and gentlemen, this is not, you know, this is not New York. This is the city of the five boroughs. That is an incredible amount of, of financial impact, social impact, right? Just really. Yeah. 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 God. It's, it's, it's sometimes, you know, you sit back and you, and you have to think to yourself, I am a part of that, right? Like, wow, I am phenomenal. I'm amazing. Right. Like right I wake up every morning and I, and I say to myself, I'm going to go to work to do something that I love and that at the end of the day will benefit another human being. Um, and that's a phenomenal thing to be able to say. Yeah. I, I love it. I think it's great. I, I think, you know, good for you, honestly, that you, you personally, that you're able to love what you do every day, making I mean, no. right on. I mean, you got to dig that. That's a big deal. Like there are people in, in our society that go to a place and do a thing that they don't love. Not even that they don't love, they dislike what they're doing. You know? so, <laughs> so just like be fired up. And I appreciate your gratitude around that because, you know, it's that, it's that level of gratitude that really can precipitate out into the people connect with and, and work with and all these other organizations. So we're going to take a quick one to quick break again. When, when we come back, let's dive a little bit more into programs too, Tanya. Yes, let's talk please. programmatically and then, and then talk about something fun that I want to talk about with you. So, so ladies and gentlemen, you know, it. it's Friday morning, Tommy D in the attic. Tyene is in the attic, kind of sort of virtually in the attic. So thanks for being in the attic. We're going to a break. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> we'll see everybody back in two minutes. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? 
Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Join Tommy in attic. Go ahead. I join Tommy in the attic. You know, I'm not a singer and this is live. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll sing. Join me in my attic every Friday morning, 10 a.m. EST, Eastern Standard. Meet us in the attic. Learn about nonprofits. $7.7 billion a year in contributions from the nonprofit sector to the New York City economy, which is 9.4% of the NYC GDP, gross domestic product, 662 and 25, 662,000 and 25 workers, almost 18% of all New York City workers. Big deal, this nonprofit thing, representing nearly 5% of all businesses in the city. That's just New York City, folks. That's a lot. That's a big impact. And on behalf of serving the sector, nonprofit New York's Taina Santa is here with me. I've mentioned it before, and she's here now. So, Taina. Thanks again for being here. Yes. Let's talk. Let's talk programs. Let's talk. Yes, let's please. talk what happens. I, I, I have this newly minted five hundred one c three, and I say, uh oh, I'm in. Let's say I'm in Queens or Brooklyn or the Bronx, and I said, Gosh, I wish there was an organization that I could connect with that would give me the resources I need. Let me go to Google, and then I come across this nonprofit in New York situation. Talk to me. What happens? What can you do for it? that yes so like as i mentioned before right we um we serve nonprofits in two ways we strengthen them um right we provide resources and education guided by our key areas of nonprofit excellence and we rally the nonprofit community right um our strategy is grounded in the declaration of nonprofit rights um and so you're a new organization you're looking you want to know what the next steps are um so some of so Diving into our programs, we have our learning and resources. Um, we last year provided over 77 learning labs. Over, um, I want to get these numbers right because I just did our annual <laughs> report. Um, we had over 2,000 participants who registered for over 70 trainings um, and seminars, right? We try to provide, so these are 90 minute. Um, 90 minutes to two hour to half a day really depends on the structure. Um, learning opportunities where we bring you in front of an expert um, around topics like um, governance, um, communication, fundraising, um, DEI, um, HR, um, planning and eval, um, strategic partnerships. Um, and I'm missing, I think I, I'm missing like two, right? So our workshops provide um, much needed technical and managerial experience for professional developments, um, right? And so, like, I, and, and I know I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record, but we really do believe that excellent management um, really does free you to really focus on your mission. Um, and again, we are, we are a business, and so you must have, you know, the managerial skills in order to make sure that your organization continues for the long run. So, so let me interrupt you for a sec. So, yeah. so just, just saying, well, we're a nonprofit and we're, we're a charity. So, you know, we maybe, maybe the government agencies will understand and, you know, and maybe if I don't have workers comp insurance in place, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe it'll be no, 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 huh? No, not okay. even a little bit. Okay. 
not even a little bit. Um, we, you know, we've created um, the organizational health assessment, right? So anyone who is out there thinking about um, what the next steps are for their organization, trying to figure out what it is that um, they can be, what, what are they doing well? And, you know, what can be a little bit better? We have our OHA. Um, and that really kind of guides you through each of the areas of nonprofit excellence. Um, and you score yourself, right? So like no one is looking over you. It's not a quiz. You score yourself and, you know, you're on, you're as honest with yourself as you want to be. Um, and at the end of it, you get like a raw score and it, and, you know, it's like, these are the things that you're doing well. Here are the areas in which you um, could improve in, or you might want to, you know, take an extra class. And then you are able to set up, you know, these 15 minute calls with me so we can walk through it. And then I can give you recommendations about what, what trainings to take, you know, what resources we have available. Um, what is it, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily a lack of skill, but that people just don't have the capacity to do it. And so we also offer recommendations of things that you can outsource. Um, I want to, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our nonprofit excellence awards. Um, and so the excellence awards encourages excellent management and governance practices. I, I hope you're seeing a, a trend here, right? I think I am. I'm, I'm hearing something. You hear it? It's, there's, there's a theme, folks. Right? Um, exactly. And so um, it tracks um, resulting management improvements among uh, nonprofits who participate. Um, and so what that means is, you know, it raises public awareness uh, for excellent management practices that already exist in the nonprofit sector, right? It's a year-long effort. Um, it combines information. It combines assessment, feedback, and resources about the organization's management practices, right? So as they're going through this process, they're constantly getting feedback. They're constantly giving resources, and they're constantly sharing their innovation and their improvement. Um, and then after the year, that culminates in what we like to call our um, best nonprofit conference. Um, people, you know, understand that term um, various ways. Um, and for us, that means that the goal is to become the best at what you do. Like, that's not the goal, right? The goal is to be better at what you do and to constantly grow. Um, and the hope of the conference is to uplift the organizations who are doing best practices, who have, um, have, who have implemented change and then uplift them to the sector so they can get that recognition that they need, that they deserve. Um, and then also for the folks who attend, for us to give you resources and for you to be able to connect with folks and to get you know, tips and tools and um, resources right then and there. We provide this amazing um, packet that you get to take home with you with all of the resources that we talk about in our two-day conference right there at your fingertips. We're really excited about that. Um, we, we actually saw an increase in participants in um, the Nonprofit Excellence Awards um, in 2020. So that was really exciting for us. This year, right, um, because we're always constantly innovating and growing, we are actually looking to focus on um, our equity work and to uplift our equity work and the work that the sector does. Um, and we're doing this by, and you know, I don't want to get too weedy, um, mm -hmm. but we're doing this by, um, by going into our key areas and updating and updating the document and making sure that we're looking at everything through a race equity lens, um, making sure that all of the best practices that we tell folks that they should have um, actually center um, around um, equitable practices, right? Because best practice doesn't always necessarily mean equitable practice. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're really focusing on that this year. Um, we're also focusing on, through our advocacy work, um, getting the nonprofit, getting the nonprofit sector um, to a, into a space where they are civically engaged. Um, I know that that for some folks that's that that causes mild panic mm. because there's so many um, there's so many rules around what nonprofits can do, 
um, you know, um, around advocacy and around policy and around um, advocating. And so, but we want to educate our, we want to educate our folks, right? That like all nonprofits should, are able to, and should be advocating. We do it every day. Every time we talk to a funder, every time we talk to a government official about our mission and about the work that we do and about our communities, we're advocating. And so we want to make sure that folks remain civically engaged and that they actually take part um, in the work that's being done to shape our government. Um, because otherwise, how else will we make sure that we are, uh, that we're seen, right? So, and so how, do, how being... do you do that? You, you express that it's a, there's some mild panic that sets in when, when maybe you expose an organization to the fact that they should be out there advocating and have their, and be civically engaged and involved. Yeah. So how do you empower these organizations? How do you, as a, as a larger. Yeah, so that's a great question. Thank you. Um, we, through our, through our advocacy and policy work, we have um, uh, several coalitions um, that uh, nonprofits can participate in. Um, we have the Coalition to Advance Nonprofits um, that meets every week um, on Monday, uh, Monday afternoon. Um, I believe it's around uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. If anyone is interested in that, please reach out to us um, and we'll get you started on, you know, on those calls to get engaged and to start how do they learning. Get and to start... Yeah, let's just so talk generally. Can... How, do, how do people get you? Let's do that. You know, I, I was hoping you'd ask. Um, <laughs> so I slipped it in there. Um, <laughs> right. So Tommy had mentioned our website, nonprofitnewyork.org. Um, you can always um, email us. Um, you can email me. Um, it's tsanon, T-S-A-N-O-N at nonprofitnewyork.org. Um, right. You can catch us on social media. We're on Twitter um, at Nonprofit NY. Um, you can call us. I have to tell you, I don't have my number by heart, but let me look it up. Um, <laughs> you can call us. Uh, my number direct is 646-893-2599. Um, you can email our helpline, which is helpline at nonprofitnewyork.org. Um, you know, you can bump into us on the street. You could send us mail. Um, wow, you're really all kinds of communication. All, 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 you could just, just show We've been up. around for 35 years. We've done it all. We've done I, it all. I get it. Maybe could they send you a fax? You want them to fax you too? I mean, we don't. Okay, so we don't do all. Okay, correction. Somebody told I. I had to send something to someone the other day. I said, "Can you fax it?" I said. What? I got even know what that meant. All right, we're we're gonna sneak out for a quick break. Um, what we're gonna do when we come back is I want to talk about this campaign that you and I have yes. been talking about because that's special to me. And you know, we're, we're trailing towards the end of Black History Month, so I think it's it's a, certainly relevant to bring it up um, today yes. and let's talk about it. So we will be back in the attic with Tommy D, philanthropy and focus with Taina from Nonprofit New York. We'll be back in two minutes, everybody. See you soon. You're listening to. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history. 
its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Tommy D coming at you from the top of my house right next to the roof, the attic where I stay for 360 days. And unfortunately for you all, we don't have a duet. So I'll just sing in the attic. Tiny didn't want to sing with me. In the attic. Yes. Woo, baby. All right. See, you are a singer. See, I, was, I, I had to prep. I had to prep. Yeah, you I came out of your show. We got, we got it in for the final segment. Woo. That's it. From now on, ladies and gentlemen, this is a shout out to all the folks who will be coming on the show. Get the pipes ready and get ready to sing. That's, that's a prerequisite to come on the program from now on. We've set the bar very high today on 226.21. All right. So, Taina, let's talk about what we sort of teased right before we went to a commercial. And and you and, and your colleague, Matt Chang, and I, we had a conversation maybe a month ago and then again a couple of weeks back. And or you and I spoke and then Matt and you yeah. and me spoke and the whole deal. Let's let's talk about that and, and frame it in that it is uh, the last week of Black History Month. So this is a super relevant topic. So let's take it away. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that amazing intro. Um, so what is it? Um, so for small organizations, uh, services that improve their bottom lines, help them build community, provide in-depth training and support to build their skills um, can be in- expensive, right? Um, or inaccessible. Um, and it's all that we do. It's all that Nonprofit New York does. And so we are launching um, a membership campaign. That's the name of it. We're keeping it simple, easy to remember membership campaign um, where we hope to raise um, to raise funds to provide support uh, for organizations um, that are BIPOC run. Um, It's a, so the hope is to get, to get folks a two year membership with us because we feel that it takes about two, it takes about two years um, as a new member to get the full, um, the full breadth of what it is that we do and to actually really um, dive into what we can offer. And so we're hoping to be able to offer a hundred BIPOC run organizations, um, two year organizational memberships. And what does that mean? That means your whole staff, your board and all your volunteers have access to our resources, to our trainings, um, to the advocacy work that we do. Um, And we are, um, hoping to really help the smaller organizations that really are, you know, just starting out or could really use the resources. So uh, for organizations that have budgets that are under $250,000, right? So, so let me just, um, let me, let me come in real quick and interrupt yeah. you just so we make sure everybody's clear. BIPOC, just to find that for those who might not be in the know. Yes. So that's Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. Um, and so, right. And so, um, we wanted to make sure that we differentiated BIPOC-led versus BIPOC-run, um, right? Because we want we want to make sure that an organization that might not necessarily have an executive director who is a person who identifies as Black, Indigenous, or a person of color, but that the majority of their leadership does, right? That they gain access to this, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, the membership isn't just for the president CEO or the ED or the president of a board, right? It's um, it's for the entire organization. And so we want to make sure that we are capturing um, that demographic and that we're making sure that we're helping the folks that, um, uh, that could really use that services, folks who are on the ground, who are helping their communities and could really just use a bit of extra support, but they have no leeway in their budget, right, to become... A member, and just so you just so you kind of get a sense of like what we're talking about in terms of um, what they would be spending, like our our lowest uh, membership because we're on a sliding scale. Our lowest membership starts at forty five dollars for the year, right, and then it goes up to um, one hundred twenty five dollars. So we're looking at organizations who would 
normally be paying $45 a year, normally paying $125 a year, and are like, even that doesn't feel feasible to us right now, right? Um, or that money could literally feed another person that they're trying, that their mission is, or, you know, could advance a, um, a service that this organization is doing. And so to take it from that bucket to pay for dues just doesn't feel um, like something they can do. We want to tell, we want to break down that barrier and we want to tell those organizations, no, you are the people that we, you know, that would benefit so much from the work that we're doing. And so we've created this membership campaign. And the hope is that um, individuals, um, folks who also believe in our mission and who also want to do this great work will help us um, get these folks on board. Um, and if it's okay, Tommy. We could, we could totally share what you're about to share. But before we do that, I just want to yeah. ask you, there's no limitation in, in this level of membership. They're a full-fledged member. They get access like right. everybody else, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So, you get so everything I, that you would get if you had walked in and was just like, here's my money. So all these the the 77 learning labs, uh, trainings and seminars, which go from 90 minutes to two hours, all, all the excellence, access, all the whole yep. thing. Right? So these are members. Right. So this is an outreach saying, to, if I understand it correctly, and I think I do because we've talked about it, is it's marrying these organizations that are on the front lines doing incredible work that can't even pick their head up to say, I want to become a member of nonprofit because mm -hmm. they're in the soup kitchen. Right. Or they're, you know, they're in the prisons doing the, yep. the great work that organizations do. Right. So, so a hundred members is the goal. So please, you, I know what you were going to talk about. So go right, go right ahead. <laughs> so, you know, as Tommy mentioned, we've been talking about this for a while together. Um, and he has pledged to support um, 10 nonprofits at a thousand dollars. Right. Yep. And so we, right. So we're, what we're asking, what we're saying basically is for a hundred dollars, you can support an, a nonprofit for two years. Um, and so we're really excited about them. We're really excited to launch. We Everything will be up and ready to go March 18th. If you are so inclined and you're you know, listening to this podcast or you're watching us on Facebook, um, you know, reach out to me. Um, I'm happy to take down your information, happy to take down any pledges. Um, if you want to just do it right now and get it done, um, just want to just wanna make sure that we know, that folks know that Again, we're not cherry picking these folks. There is an application process. It's again, it's not arduous. Um, it's essentially just who are you? What's your, uh, you know, your staff demographic or your board demographic like? Um, and that's pretty much it, right? Like we're not asking them what what they're going to do. We're not asking them what they will be attending. We're not doing any of those things. Um, and so, we want to make sure that um, nonprofits know that. As, a non, as nonprofits move from the crisis through recovery and that they're facing increased, we're facing increased demand for services, serious budgetary and cash flow issues, a need to innovate quickly with limited lead time and resources, um, all while you're wrestling, you know, with the work that you're doing with your racial equity questions in new ways um, that we're here to support you um, and that we are, we are creating ways in which to break down the barriers to get the support that you need. Right? You, yeah, your organization provides incredible resources every day. And, you know, yes, I, I am involved with this campaign in a sense that philanthropy and focus, this is what we're about. We, all of us, everybody here in the attic, me and the, and the show. And I, I wanted to be part of that. And the other thing I want us to say to my friends who are listening to this program, if you are so inclined and you support nonprofits in the sector, I think I said 662,000 employees in the sector. They're making an impact on our lives every day. And some of those organizations are, as I say, they're, they're kind of in the weeds with their head down, doing the work, doing the thing, and they don't get a chance to uh, connect with an organization like this. So you could always get Tommy D. You know how to get me, Tommy D at philanthropyandfocus.com um, on, on uh, Instagram, tommyd.nyc. That's in New York City. You knew that already. And uh, my kids joked about that. They're like, dad, of course they knew what NYC meant. And I did that last week. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, telling you, it's an incredible campaign. I'm happy to be a part of it. I intend to um, uh, persuade some of my friends to be involved with it. Um, it may be a little stronger than persuasion, but I, I intend to uh, to make an impact. So you and, and you. 
Yeah, I appreciate you. Um, I, we'll we'll work harder on on how to drive that campaign going forward. We haven't finished up. Give me thirty seconds. How do they get you? And and then we're going to roll out. Yes. So uh, come at me through our website, nonprofitnewyork.org. We are on Twitter um, at nonprofitny. Um, you can email me at tsannon at nonprofitnewyork.org. You can email the entire organization at info at nonprofitnewyork.org um, or you email our helpline. Um, we are available. We're here. We are a resource. Um, it is literally um, what we do. Um, so please reach out and connect um, and let us help you not only survive, but thrive. It's awesome. Thank you. Not survive. It's not about survival. It's about thriving. I appreciate that. And that's what the sector is all about. Don't forget, gang, tell you, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. You got it. Uh, and I, I caught your little joke in the chat. Yes, yeah, so we're going to have to get you back on the show because 60 minutes, <laughs> 50 some odd minutes is certainly not enough. But maybe we have some sort of segment where you pop in every every month or so to update you know? us. Who wouldn't want to hear this voice? Well, we're going to both do our work on our singing before that that program comes on. I I really appreciate you. Thanks for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday morning. It's 1056. That means we've gone through philanthropy and focus. Again, we'll be back next Friday. My friend Renee Flagler over at Girls Inc. of Long Island will be on the program talking to us about the great work they do, helping young girls be strong, smart, and bold. That'll keep the score eight to one in in the women versus the men visiting here in the attic so tommy d the nonprofit sector connector have an incredible weekend everybody check in with me tommy d.nyc on the instagram you can find me at facebook you find philanthropy on focus on linkedin and don't forget focus is spelled p-h-o-c-u-s because i was grew up in the late 80s and 90s and we used to say fat with a p-h-a-t and plus i like alliteration and that's that story thanks for being here with us i'll see you guys next week take it easy bye Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the Nonprofit Sector Connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on TalkRadio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on TalkRadio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. 